some people love Shakespeare, others not so much. But a Shakespeare adaptation is always a good time. Constellation Theatre at 14th and T is featuring a musical called Desperate Measures. It's based off of Shakespeare's play Measure for Measure, but it's set in the Wild West. A gunslinging nun teams up with a sheriff and a saloon dancer to save her brother. Buy tickets now at constellationtheater.org. The show runs through March 17th. Once again, that's constellationtheater.org. Today on CityCast DC, if so many people are working from home, why does it seem like traffic is getting worse? It turns out that the pandemic changes have altered commuting in surprising and sometimes weird ways. Washington Post transportation reporter Ian Duncan is here to explain just who's on the road and when. Today is Thursday, January 4th. I'm Michael Schaefer, and here's what DC is talking about. Hey, Ian. Hi there. How's it going? Uh, Good, good. So you and your colleagues from The Post did this really interesting bit of reporting about how traffic in D.C. is somehow getting worse, even though way fewer of us are going to work on any given day. What are these new traffic patterns? Like, can you describe them for us? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it does have this kind of feeling of a paradox, right? Like we can see from the data. And I mean, I think anyone who goes downtown can see from their own eyes that it's just not what it was like before the pandemic. The numbers suggest that it's sort of a quarter of trips, I think, are down. That was in May. So it's quite a lot. Wait, you said trips are down by a quarter or they're a quarter of where they were? Yeah, into downtown. Yeah, they're down by a quarter. But the, the reason why the, the sort of solution to this paradox is essentially that Driving seems to be back to basically where it was before the pandemic, but transit ridership, especially really rail ridership, is just way, way down. And so it it doesn't take a lot to have fewer people going into downtown every day, but if a lot more of those are people driving and sort of taking metro, it just creates traffic chaos. And so... You know, we're out there talking to people and people just take their commutes again. Mm. <laughs> they feel like they take longer than they did before the pandemic, which seems entirely possible in some cases based on what we can tell from some of the data that we looked at. And yeah, so any kind of bonus that people got with having a little bit of an easier drive earlier in the pandemic seems to have pretty much completely evaporated. You guys also found weird new patterns in terms of like when congestion reaches its peak on any given day? Yeah, that's right. So um, there's this company called Inrits that are really great at sort of tracking all kinds of data about people's driving habits and and congestion. And so they looked at the, the DC area. And so the old rush hour is like what people probably remember. It was about an hour or two in the morning and in the afternoon quite sharp and then it would abate uh, and you'd have quieter roads in the day and what you see now is that the sort of the peak of that travel in the morning is less it's not as high so it's not as sort of intense and it's a little bit later and then the sort of busy period is spread out later into the morning and you also don't then see 
the sort of traffic totally drop off in the middle of the day. And then you see a sort of similar pattern with the evening rush hour that it's not quite as sort of peaky, but it, it's a bit more spread out. Um, and so, I mean, I think that reflects, you know, that people who are going into the office, the expectation is definitely changed that you're sort of at your desk by nine o'clock or you're going to lose your job. People come in, they're slotting in other things that they want to do. You know, even the culture of coming into the office for people who are doing that is just a bit different. And you, I think, see that reflected in these commuting patterns. The brand new Arbor at Tacoma is built for your most convenient urban living. Whether you want to enjoy the vibrant Tacoma DC community or comfortably retreat into a sleek sanctuary all your own. The kitchens have striking dark navy and white cabinets and throughout the home, there are wood floors and smart home technology. Some homes even have a private outdoor space. With a quick walk to the Metro, you can easily head into downtown or stay close and enjoy the retail that's on site. Located at 218 Cedar Street Northwest, the Arbor Tacoma offers brand new one and two bedroom condos starting in the upper 300,000s. Visit thearborattacoma.com for more information. That's Tacoma with a K. So T-H-E-A-R-B-O-R-A-T-T-A-K-O-M-A.com. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Uh, so I get why more people would have driven as a percentage during the kind of peak of the pandemic when people were afraid of things like a, a subway car. Why now? Why is that continued? I think we don't have like a definitive answer to this, but I think there's a few things going on. I mean, one is I think probably people bought cars during the pandemic that maybe didn't have them or, you know, a family went from one car to two cars. Uh, if you've got a car, you want to use it because you don't want to be paying all the cost of the car plus all the cost of Metro. I think the other thing is that Metro is not super competitive for many people on travel time or on cost either. You know, the cost of a Metro ticket and if you have to park at the Metro, it's similar to what people are paying to park in a garage downtown. I mean, I think garages are maybe charging a little bit less they have like early bird deals too so the kind of cost parity is there and one of my colleagues talked to someone who said like they're, they're making that calculation in their family kind of every day like what's the cheapest thing and so what was really making metro competitive before is that traffic was really even worse or that if you tried to take another three hundred thousand people every day off off metro the traffic would just kind of totally frozen and so i was talking to someone yesterday who looks at these numbers and they were saying you know you might get to a point where as traffic just gets worse it it starts to edge more people over back onto metro but we don't really know what what the sort of equilibrium is going to end up being 
I mean, just speaking for myself, I don't go into the office every day. I live in the city, so the price difference between taking uh, metro and and driving is like pretty significant. But if I'm only going to the office once or twice a week, I'm willing to. I'm more willing to eat the price of of parking. Yeah, and people are also more willing to eat the price of their time in the car if it's only two <laughs> or three days a week too, right? Like I'm going to talk to someone she's the lead in the story, and she said. I just have to remind myself, like, I don't like this, but I'm not doing it every day anymore. And I think there are some people who genuinely prefer taking the metro. I probably would put myself in that category. But I think there are lots of people who just prefer to be in their car with their air conditioning. You know, if you live in the suburbs, you're probably going to have to get in your car to get to a metro station or a mark station anyway. Why not just take it all the way in? And yeah, it takes a little longer, but it's comfortable. It's private. People just like it. <laughs> so I'm curious on the times, has Metro seen a similar thing where the hours of peak usage are spreading out? Yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly in terms of the peaks, but I just went back and pulled the latest numbers on this. And like what you can definitely see is that Ridership in the middle of the day has recovered much to, to a greater extent than ridership at peak hours. And so, you know, they call midday everything after 9.30 until about three o'clock. And that is back at about 60% of where it was before the pandemic. And the sort of like traditional morning rush is only back to about 40%. And Mark and VRE, the commuter rail services, Mark is doing kind of comparatively better because they have more all-day service, whereas VRE, very much commuter-focused service. And so you're seeing some differences there as well. And so, uh, you know, even though rail ridership is just really, really down, uh, you are seeing, I think, evidence of these kind of changing patterns uh, throughout the day a little bit too with the with the ridership numbers. At the level of service Metro has right now, is like the average commute from, I don't know, Rockville to downtown slower than it was pre-pandemic? About the same? Faster? It should be about the same, maybe even a little bit quicker. I mean, they did some pretty big uh, engineering work over the summer, but that's mostly wrapped up. And they say they're basically offering as much service, if not more, than they ever have. And they've tweaked it a little bit to sort of focus on the middle of the week because those days, too, seem to be busier and so for as much as we talk about how driving is like pretty miserable right now, like it's quite a nice time to be a metro rider. I mean, I take the metro in and it's pretty quiet. Like it, you, there's people on there now and that, and that wasn't really the case maybe a year or 18 months ago. Like it sort of feels lively, but it's never slammed. Like you don't always get a seat, but you're not totally crushed in with people. And so, and it, is coming pretty often too. So it, it is a reasonably sort of good experience on Metro at the moment, I think. So there's a lot of talk of, you know, the mayor of DC, Muriel Bowser, has, has demanded the president to order more federal workers back to the office. This is a thing among Republicans on the Hill. It's a thing among Biden. He said he wants it. And the assumption is that if the federal government does something, a lot of the private sector may follow suit. How would any of that change these calculations? Would it be back to pre-pandemic patterns or is there a sense that, that something's changed forever? I don't know about forever, but I think certainly like what people are talking about right now is not having every federal employee back 
in a downtown office or in one of the suburban office kind of locations five days a week like that's just not really even on the cards what the agencies that have kind of put together their plans are saying is let's have people in two maybe three times a week or four times a pay period and you can figure out what that that looks like so pay period being two weeks so it would potentially be a big shift it would be a lot more people commuting but it wouldn't snap back to immediately what it was like before the pandemic right a lot of powerful people want these federal employees back like the unions are negotiating over sort of certainly for the kind of you know the bulk of these employees so it's not happening soon and i think it's happening sort of agency by agency so it's not like there's going to be a day where suddenly everything shifts and everybody's coming back it's going to kind of come together piecemeal and i think it might be quite sort of hard to detect the effects until some period of time after it's already kind of started to play out well what's your hunch do you think a year from now is uh commuting either by car or by metro going to be you know, more pleasant, less pleasant, more frustrating, less frustrating, about the same. What's your hunch? And for that matter, what's the conventional wisdom among the researchers you talk to? Yeah, I mean, I think people aren't quite sure what to expect because, I mean, there's longer term trends that people expect to kind of maybe have a role that people will start to change, make decisions about where they live and live further away, maybe. And so then do you have people who are taking really long commutes on routes that weren't big commuter routes before. Like, what? how does that affect things? I think probably over the course of a year, I suspect that we will start to see more people coming into the office more frequently and that that will lead people to kind of maybe change their habits. But it might, as people get more experience about when is good and to be in and what is a kind of a good way to manage this that it becomes less frustrating and less miserable because people figure out how to work the system essentially but i i think that for kind of white color office workers the benefits of working from home in a region where people's commutes are always going to be pretty long it's just too appealing and that people are going to want to keep hold of that two or three days a week. And I guess I don't expect to see that radically change in the next year. Ian, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, yeah, thanks for doing it. It's really uh, good to talk to you. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend, maybe somebody who'd listen to us when they're stuck in traffic. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye.